you know, I've been thinking, and I think there's something I should tell you. Nothing big or terrible, just a small little detail about me that <laughs> hasn't come up naturally. <laughs> it's just that I happen to be a... Uh, what's the best way to put this? A vampire. <laughs> Welcome to episode 64 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Gale to my hysterian, John. John, did you know it is Last of Us Day? No, I didn't. The 25th <laughs> of September? Is this the day that, that the... That the uh, I should well, really know this word. Cordyceps. I should really know that word <laughs> off the top of my head. Uh, that, they, that they destroyed humanity? Well, it's the 26th, the day that this show goes live, not the oh. day that we record, but... God, what a rookie. <laughs> I'm so so new at this. Yeah, it's episode one. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's the last of us day, the day of the outbreak. It was a great day for Joel. He loved it. A lot of good things happened. <laughs> You're not a dad, Nick. <laughs> But I think you probably do understand the gravity of that situation. <laughs> yeah, whether you've played the video games or watched the television show, you know what happened on this very day in the series. Um, you know, I'm hoping there's an announcement, but they've already, Naughty Dog has already gotten ahead of it. There will be no video game news on Last of Us Day, so or show news. Sure, but... On the, on the bright side, we did get confirmation that the that the Writers Guild did reach at least a tentative agreement today, yeah. right? So hopefully season two of the show, you know, is going to get kicked off here shortly and, and you know, we can start seeing some, you know, teases and, and things Casting like that. announcements. Casting announcements. Certain, certain and, characters. Yeah, you know, just kind of get that, that um, you know, that spun up again so we can get excited about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's exciting. Also, uh, before we continue, who am I? Gail to who? Hysterian. Is that the Baldur's Gate thing? Yeah, they're Baldur's Gate okay. characters. All right. We'll get we'll get into that a little later. Okay. Um, but yes, they are both Baldur's Gate characters. All right. So before we kick things off into the things that we're bringing, there was some news items, some updates to some stories we talked about last week, and I just wanted to quickly go through those. Uh, the very first one is John and I theorized how much Helldivers Two would cost. Mm. You know, and I, I said, you know, brace for 70. John was a little more conservative on the $50 price tag. But pre-orders went live on September 22nd, and it is going to be a $40 game. Whoa. <laughs> so, John, what are your thoughts on that interesting price tag for Helldivers 2? Um, yeah, I, I would like to say I'm shocked, but... I guess I mean you know as I as I said, fifty bucks was kind of what I was thinking. But you know, initially I think there's going to be a lot of people that kind of hear that price point and go, "Oh, it's going to be budget. Oh, it's going to not be you know a full fleshed out game." But I wouldn't have those reservations at all. I think it's going to be exactly what you what exactly what the players of the game are going to want it to be. Um, you know, I think you just need to understand that it's kind of a smaller, more focused project than your you know huge AAA games. It's not going to you know uh, have this crazy world to explore, but you're going to be able to go in with some friends, shoot some crazy bugs, probably have a lot of cool perks, a lot of cool you know season pass 
type things and and have a lot of fun. So, you know, I think $40 is a good price point to kind of just get people in the door. Um, you know, I would have honestly thought maybe more than, you know, 40 is a good price, but I thought they could have pot- potentially went free to play here too. So there might be different ways that they can make money with it. But um, I think 40 is a perfect spot. I think that it is consistent with how the first game was, which I believe was 30 or 35, might've even been 40 as well. Um, keeps those players, you know, um, ready, you know, just ready to jump in when it, when it comes and ha- hopefully people who have reservations about it won't have those reservations anymore. Kind of like me. I'm honestly way more <laughs> ready to jump in at 40 bucks. If it reviews well, then if it was 70, I'd probably yeah. would have skipped it regardless. For a game like this, you definitely want a healthy install base right off the bat. But so you, th- you think that this game will have some kind of battle pass yeah. and added microtransactions to. Yeah. But I think it's going to be <laughs> tasteful. I think, <laughs> you know, I think being that, you know, Sony is kind of, uh, you know, not kind of, it's, this is a second party game, right? They're publishing it. So I think, you know, they're not going to let a lot of gross things worm their way in. I think that they'll, you know, it'll be cosmetics and, you know, sure. will, it, will it get zany like Fortnite? No, but, you know, let's not forget that this does have a very Starship Troopers vibe to it. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked to see zany things and, you know, fun little things, you know, with battle passes, but. Um, but I also think like if you don't want to engage with that similarly similarly to a game like Rocket League, you're probably going to be fine too. Right, right, right. And I'm sure Sony has data on which battle passes sell well and which do not. Not that I don't know if they would share that with them or not. Well, if Sony doesn't, Bungie does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, exactly. So Because, uh, well, like, I mean, that's something that's a little interesting about these kind of games now as they come out through Sony is, you know, as we saw with Factions a while back, you know, Bungie seems to be giving the thumbs up or thumbs down on a lot of these projects, you know, so that if they do want to go the live service route, which I, I'm pretty sure that this is one of Sony's, they consider one of their live service games. Mm-hmm. They have to basically give them the thumbs up before it's it's good to go. So I would expect that, yeah, it's, it's all fleshed out and going to be pretty awesome. Okay. All right. And did you watch the trailer that accompanied this announcement? No, I will. We'll probably get into it later. But no, <laughs> I, I spent the weekend in the hospital. So yeah. I'm, I, I'm a little out of touch. <laughs> so it launched with a trailer called the Automaton trailer. And in this, there are going to be robots. Uh, and there are they have their own little bases that you will be attacking with your hell squad of hell divers. So so like enemy robots. Yep, enemy okay. robots. Like yeah, like, think they look like something out of Terminator. Okay, so um, not a mech suit that I can call down and then destroy. No, okay. no, they didn't show anything new as far as like abilities, but they did. This is like a think of it of like you know all those bases you attack in like a Far Cry scenario, right? Yeah. Like this look like that, and and ended on them just again just bombarding it into 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 orbit so um okay i mean that's that's what you look for in sequels right you look to kind of figure out new ways to innovate and have the a similar gameplay experience with like you know more innovation and more things to do so yeah different types of enemies different objectives to come to complete in a in a map sounds sounds good to me yeah yeah it, it, it's definitely different it definitely looked varied from the bugs that we've been seeing so far so it is something different and i recommend if you're listening to this to check it out but yep comes february 8th for 40 bucks sweet all right and another update is uh we talked about unity last week and sure enough as we uh discussed uh they're walking it back they had their we're sorry (laughs) we're sorry uh, post and (laughs) this comes from steven totillo from axios he says, uh, Unity revised plan may still charge some teams with fees calculated off of installations of their games, but the company is making that fee structure optional and more easily avoidable for smaller developers. And then they kind of go into the details. Basically, they're kind of changing 
their little their numbers or targets a little bit here and there. Um, again, you can read their blog post about all the different pricing announcements, but it is more in line with what how their current pay structure is. So, it's um, one of the more miscalculated moves I can I remember seeing in a long time. <laughs> like, you know, I understand the economics are changing, but man, you can't just put out a statement like that and expect everybody to go, well, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. We'll pay. <laughs> I'll pay more money. Yeah. The, the official announcement was it, what it literally said. The first line was, hi, I'm, you know, so-and-so from unity and I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> like, like it didn't. It's kind of like uh, the, both the blizzard had one of those with the Diablo patch. Yeah. Yeah. Come on guys. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so they're walking it back. <laughs> Hi, I'm so-and-so. I was the one who drew the short straw. Uh, <laughs> please don't hurt me too bad. So we'll see what this means. Will there be less games on Unity going forward after you know other teams predict their finish their projects? Uh, probably likely, but That's we'll my see. thought, man, is like, yeah, the damage I almost feel like already has been done. Like, y- you, you burned trust, and mm-hmm. that's... A very powerful thing, very strong thing. So, yeah. you know, um, going off of what we kind of talked about last week with all the different developer reactions, one of my favorite reactions that I don't think we talked about is the Terraria developer pledged $200,000 a month to a competitor of Unity. <laughs> I, I didn't read in too in-depth, but like, yeah, that's that's big boy speak, man. That's like, right. you know, and Terraria is one of those low-key sold 60 million, 70 million copies. Yep. So like it's not a it's not even a thing to sneeze at. So I think Unity will continue to shrink. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yep. Well, we'll see. Yep. But uh I'm sure the current games will still be on Unity like Silk Song and others like yeah. that. But and then the next topic is Tokyo Game Show happened and I wish we had a bunch of announcements enough to make it a thing, but it just didn't turn out that way. While we did get like some deep dives into existing projects like Dragon's Dogma 2 and Like a Dragon, uh, Infinite Wealth, mm-hmm. uh, there, it, was, it was barren for new announcements. But one of the little observations I made while seeing all these release dates come up is that the first quarter of next year is packed with JRPGs. You have Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth coming January 26th, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink coming February 1st, Persona 3 Reload coming February 2nd, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, that small title that we talked about last week is coming again February 29th, and then Unicorn Overload is is coming March 8th. So you got this like five-week period of just JRPG, 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 JRPG coming out. So it's... Yeah, it's um, <laughs> I feel like every single year we we move into the future, American society tries to become Japan. Like, it, you know, I see I feel it in myself. I feel it with just the people I talk to. It's just, you know, you have a conversation about anime 10 years ago and people are like, what the shut up? What are you talking about? And you mm-hmm. talk, you have that conversation today. You will have more people interested in like by more than half of the people you're around to be interested in it. So to see to see that grow is is cool i think i'm always for culture cultures kind of mixing and you know showing us what do we have what do you have you know maybe take some ideas from there and here and there and persona blowing up final fantasy being stronger than ever it's pretty cool to see so yeah now we need near automata too and we'll be good <laughs> sorry yeah that was that, yeah even that there there no announcements in that realm either Ooh. sorry john that's yeah, fine We'll have to bring it back. You can't for the... hurt me anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, we won't. We don't have a two B section because there are no new two B announcements. So, um, 
And then our next news item is that Hideki Kamiya is leaving Platinum Games. If you're not familiar with his body of work, it's, I don't know, (laughs) Resident Evil, uh, Beautiful Joe, Okami, Bayonetta. uh, You're forgetting a big one. Oh, yeah? Which one am I? Devil May Cry. Oh, yeah, Devil May Cry. (laughs) Yep, he was the director of the original Devil May May Cry. Um, You know, and, you know, what was uh, the scale bound? He was supposed to do that for Xbox, and that got famously canceled so yeah you know he's kind of a big deal in japan but he's leaving platinum games on october 12th they didn't say why but i don't know you've been in the industry for close to 30 years he's probably just taking a break from game development <laughs> maybe i don't know man these these japanese guys like they are workhorses i mean he's 52 so he's, he's definitely getting up there I, I could maybe see him taking a, a nice long vacation but he seems like the kind of guy that would come back with starting his own studio kind of thing you know? Yeah, that's true. I could just, I could, you know, yeah. 52, like, you know, you think of guys like, I think Kojima's in his 50s, um, Sakurai is in, up. Uh, Kojima's 60, you know, Sakurai's, I think, up there, so, yeah, yeah it's, uh, but he's one of the, yeah, he's one of those big, he's in that conversation. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of talent there, and yeah, anything he wants to do, he'll he'll get funding for, I'm sure, any kind of project, if he decides to spin up his own studio, but yeah, you're probably right. That's I would love exactly to see him. I would love to see him try and start a brand new horror franchise. I mean, you know, I, we had a really big horror year this year with Dead Space remake, Resident Evil 4 remake. But like, it's been a while since a new horror franchise really. I feel like got got off the ground. You, you know, you got the Evil Within and the Evil Within Two, and those are good. But mm-hmm. be interesting to see, yeah, what a guy like Kamiya, you know, thir- thirty years. God, yeah, 27 years removed from Resident Evil, <laughs> you know, if he had any, has, has any new ideas now that he's not shackled by, by corporate platinum games type, type <laughs> things. So, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see where he lands, but uh, I imagine we won't know for a minute here. And that's all I got. That's all the, uh, the news items. So now we can finally get into how the show works. <laughs> uh, John and I both bring up the three things to talk about. It could be a video game we're playing, a news item, a topic, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod, or a comment on our YouTube page at PlayStationPals. Any of those things, we feel like bringing it. And we got four things for you today. Well, technically five. That last one was pretty meaty, so yeah. we technically brought five. But four things to go, and John's going to kick things off. Yes, so... Uh, as I mentioned, I was, you know, a little uh, under the weather this past weekend, so I, I haven't been able to play a ton of video games. I unfortunately I um, had my second kidney stone with um, some, <laughs> you know, fun complications. So, uh, kids, drink your water, um, avoid <laughs> copious amounts of caffeine, and just don't fuck around with that kind of stuff because it really, really sucks. Really, yeah. really sucks. But luckily, there's some big news items to talk about, Nick, and the big item from last week. Uh, is this big Microsoft FTC leak Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) where uh, a bunch of very sensitive um, redacted type information somehow found itself onto the internet. And it's kind of happened in one of the funniest ways possible, honestly, where it was basically uh, an intern at Microsoft uploaded a, uh, a bunch of redacted documents but also an unredacted document <laughs> that had all the things in here into, I don't know, was it the FTC database? I don't know where yeah, it was like, yeah, specifically. Yep. But, you know, we, we got to see kind of Xbox laid bare a little bit here. And um, so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to not go through this in depth, Nick, but, you know, kind of pull out maybe some highlights, um, yeah. things like that. 
Um, you know, and, and I do want to point out a lot of this is from years ago, 2020. It's very old. Again, things change. So don't take what all the articles we're going to bring up here or the things we're going to say as like fact, like it's right. just, it was never supposed to see the light of day. And yeah, but. a lot of this information came from 2020. Um, you know, a lot of emails from Phil Spencer dated August, 2020, things like that. So, um, yeah, this is not verifiable evidence that these things are happening. You know, there's mm -hmm. some stuff in this leak, such as Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be getting uh, a next-gen update. And while that may be true, we've also, since 2020 of August, have had information saying that there was a, something going to happen and then it got canceled. Yep. So, like, you know, a lot of this stuff is kind of wishy-washy. But, you know, Nick, I think, you know, we each kind of bring three of these things that we think are going to be, um, you know... That stood out to us. Yeah, that, yeah, that stood out to us and, yeah, go over them. So... Do you want to kick it off or do you want me yeah, to kick it off? Yeah, I, I can kick things off. All right, kick it off. Uh, <laughs> the first one is an email from Sarah Bond to Phil Spencer about what it costs to bring each game to Game Pass. And this is just their internal estimates. This is not them reaching out to publishers and asking how much to get bring these games. This is what they internally are saying. Um, and there's some really interesting ones like Star Wars Jedi Survivor. If you They estimated that it would cost $300 million uh, to bring that game past day one. And I think this really backs up. Oh, my God. Uh, like, I, haven't, I haven't looked at this. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> this really backs up John's point of how Game Pass is just not sustainable without Microsoft's other endeavors. Because, I mean, how much does it take to recoup the cost of $300 million <laughs> for and for one game to be on it's Game 20 Pass? million subscriptions? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like, you know, and I think there's 30 or 40 total Game Pass subscribers. So that's over half of your monthly income. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's other games, Assassin's Creed Mirage, 100 million, Gotham Knights, 50 million. Again, these are their internal estimates. Mm -hmm. uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, 5 million per month, yeah. just to keep that on there. Dying Light 2, 50 million, and so on and so forth. But one of the, the silly little ones that they estimated was this little, little game called Baldur's Gate 3. They estimated it would only cost $5 million to bring that to Game Pass. Wrong. <laughs> I mean, maybe before reviews came out. <laughs> yeah. But just to see how they uh, kind of just didn't think that this game was going to be good. In fact, I think they referred to it as a second-rate Stadia PC game. What? Um, in, that, in that same internal email. Did you guys see Divinity Original Sin? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. That's like betting against Scorsese or Tar Tarantino, guys. Come on. Yeah, so not only, yeah, exactly. They had their history of bringing, you know, some of the top-reviewed games of, you know, the past 10 years. Uh, and then just Baldur's Gate coming out and being the best, tied for the best-reviewed game of this year is like, whoops. Yeah, that's a big whoops. Uh, if if that was true, like getting Baldur's Gate three for five million would have been a slam dunk. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yes, like and you know and there's the extra angle too of it being a, a primarily a PC game, so you got your PC, Xbox, Game Pass right. and stuff there. But yeah, no, that would have been a, a steal if they could have gotten it for that price. But yeah, I mean, three hundred million for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and I mean I think yeah that's just kind of proof of the games we've started to see come day and date, right? Like Lies of P. Um, I really should have more than one example when I start um, a sentence. Uh, the next uh, Yakuza, the man who yeah. races name. Yep, yeah, that kind of stuff. Like, these are very, you know, good games. People love Lies of P right now, but you're not you're not fooling anybody if you say that these are the creme de la creme, you know, the things yeah. that you want, the Jedi survivors. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know if they'll ever be able to get there then. Yeah, any any proven developer. Mortal Kombat 1's on here, they estimated $250 million. Yeah, Like, they just, just... And, like, at that point, I don't know. It's just, it's just such a weird... 
I would hate to have Phil Spencer's job. I'll tell you that. So, like, have to make these decisions because it's it, it before just, a finished product, too. You know, it just you, can't. I don't know. Just can't exist long term. We'll see. Yeah. So that was, so that was very interesting. Again, it, these were their internal estimate estimations of how much it cost. But yeah, it ain't cheap to bring a single game to Game Pass and or uh, PlayStation Plus Extra for that matter. I'm sure Sony is paying these exact kind of prices for their games. So for sure, for sure. Cool. Well, my first one, Nick, is the fact that we kind of have a loose confirmation for when next gen is going to start. Yeah. Um, so they had a 2028 confirmation for next gen. Um, and I think this is interesting for a couple different reasons. Uh, first and foremost, because, you know, there's been a lot of conversation in the industry as we move to all digital and things like that. If consoles are even going to stick around and Microsoft would seemingly be the first one to bow out if anybody would, right? They don't sell a ton of consoles. They, they're into this subscription service thing. And so, you know, there's kind of some conversations of like, well, by the next time the generations come out, will they maybe just have a Game Pass app that comes installed on all your TVs and things like that? So I think mm-hmm. it's interesting to know for sure that, you know, at least as of the time these emails came out, that they were planning for 2028 to be the next start of the next gen, uh, which will be an eight year cycle, which I believe is one of the, if not the longest cycles from console to console that we've kind of experienced, which mm-hmm. makes sense with how much longer games do take to develop now. Um, but also that they they um, they called it a hybrid game platform that fully utilizes the cloud. So not that that's surprising or shocking in any way, but more confirmation that we can really see the direction that these large companies are really trying to push the industry, whether through force or whether that's the natural way that things are going, if this is what the consumers want. You know, because whether you want it as a consumer or not, this is this is what's happening. So, um, you know, I just I just found it interesting that, yeah, they were they were ready, ready to do it at that point. You know, I would have probably guessed 2027 or 2028 if you were to put Mm -hmm. money on it. But, um, you know, I just there is nothing like getting a new console. So, like, I'm already honest, honestly, almost (laughs) coming down Okay, five years. I got five years till I have like one of the best best days of my I don't want to say of my life, but, you know. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm I, new hardware days were are very fun, and yeah, as, as John and I remember when we got our that day of our PS5s was it's a day like no other. Yeah, you know, new new interface, you know, just enjoying all the nice the fast loading and just yeah, getting lost in Astro's playroom. What a, what a great day! Do you have any any thoughts? I know not to put you on the spot, but like what like you could even envision? Like what does that mean? A hybrid game platform that utilize fully utilizes the cloud? Is that just is that just faster late like lower latency Game Pass type shit? Or I think it's just it's just a console that will do both. You know, just just like they are doing now. Like you can play on an Xbox One starfield yeah but it's through the cloud it's streaming so I, I i'm thinking that's what they mean by hybrid is like you you have an option you can download the game if you want but I, i'm assuming by that year they'll just they'll push for everything to be streaming what a, i i don't think this is the case but is there any world that they go a switch type route where it's like this this hybrid thing that that you can take the game you're playing through the cloud and then keep moving yeah the, the, They'll never have hardware for a Switch uh, competitor. They'll just be straight to phones like they're doing now. Yeah, I, I mean, with the iPhone 15 announcement saying that you know they can now run these Resident Evil fours and things like that. Yeah, I mean, if we're not there now, we'll be there surely in five years. Yeah. You know, for the for our for our phones that we all carry around in our pockets to be able to run this stuff. So. It's just it'll just be interesting if Apple and Google will allow for money. They will. <laughs> yeah, for a lot of money for a cut of your sales of yeah. anything yeah. in your in your store. Like if I'm 
definitely a future because they because they kind of get cut out right like say i if i buy starfield from the google play store they get their cut but if i buy starfield from xbox and then stream it on my phone uh, you know obviously that's a bad example because it's you know on it's exclusive to xbox anyway but just think of any game yeah. that, that you could possibly like resident evil 4 like if i wanted to play that on my phone Apple and Google definitely want me buying it on their phone, not buying it on Xbox so I can play it on my phone. That's a good point. So, yeah. I mean, that's going to be definitely be a future battleground for these companies, man, yep. is, is figuring out this digital economy. Yep, yep, yep. And speaking of consoles, I'll, I'll just piggyback off that. My next highlight is that Microsoft, again, is, you know, according to their emails, is planning an Xbox Series X refresh next year, which is not surprising, but this will be an all new designed, digital only uh, Xbox Series X. So no disc, no nothing. Just a. It looks like a. Looks like a trash can, like yeah. the old Apple IMAX. It is no longer a box. You yep. are, it is false advertisement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a. It's just the Xbox Series X. I think it's got two terabytes in it. Which is it, good. I don't. They don't change the price, which I think is a failure. If that thing's not four hundred bucks, then they're they're missing out. But. Um, that's that's the weirdest thing for me is that you plan a refresh, right? And when mm -hmm. you plan these refreshes, you got to have reasons to either refresh or buy one first off, right? And so if you're yep. buying one first off, this argument doesn't apply. But like, it doesn't run the games any better. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't load any faster. It's all it it just has an extra terabyte of storage, as far as I can see. Right. Right. So like, yeah, it's it's sure it's cool if, if you want a, a cylinder as opposed to a cube, I, yeah. I guess. And it's less hardware. It doesn't have the disk drive. And yeah, by the time it releases, yeah, the the parts should be cheaper than what you were paying, Could you know, in twenty twenty. Could just straight up be an inflation thing. True. You know, where it's like, if you know, if if you go with the rates of inflation, it probably is a hundred dollars cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> like, if not two hundred dollars cheaper, it's just the unfortunate reality yeah. of the situation. But and again, it's, it's still optically internal. Important. They could launch this thing, which is currently codenamed Brooklyn. Um, this could be this could be launched in seek launched. For a cheaper price. Again, this is when you know when it leaked. Mm -hmm. uh, they were looking at this, but uh, I thought it was interesting. You know, again, the the rumors of a PlayStation uh, new model with a uh, USB C uh, disk drive detachable. Yeah, where's that? That yeah, that, that's been rumored for a long time. That was rumored to be this fall. Yeah, that's obviously not coming out. So maybe maybe they, it comes out next year and competes with this. Yeah, interesting. You know, but uh, it is always interesting to see where these these the consoles are going. Like. It is interesting to get new consoles, but also see where the refreshes go and how these consoles are going to look, you know, going forward for people who buy them next year or refresh their own hardware. Well, it'll be interesting, um, too, if, you know, if this is Microsoft's one and only quote unquote refresh, like and Sony comes out with a PS5 Pro. And while it doesn't really matter, people love to see what the highest number is. And it's like, oh, we do 8K now and we do this and we do that. <laughs> and it's like, will that be viewed as a mistake for Xbox? They probably don't care because, again, Part of this, and this isn't in my three, but set, we found out that 75% of all Xboxes out there are Series S's, which is a higher number. than That's a boondoggle for me. Ah, shit. <laughs> I, I, that's not even one of mine. <laughs> all right. Well, um, you want to take your third here in a sec? But, you know, but as we see, like, you know, most of the ones out there are this this lower version. So, you know, they just might not, they just simply might not care. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So moving into my third Oops. highlight that John spoiled um, is... In a internal document again, they say that um, pull it up, and I got this from Taylor Lyles of IGN because uh, good old Taylor. Yeah, he's uh, he he's gotten uh, he he well, I'll say what the leak is, and then they get they reach out to some experts on this kind of stuff. But uh, 
Yeah, in the leak, their console sell-in mix, the, docu- the document reveals that 74.8% of Xbox Series owners own the Series S, and with the rest of that being the Xbox Series X. And again, the Series S is the cheaper, uh, lower-power uh, Xbox platform as opposed to the Series X, and for that, it's the much cheaper one. So from those numbers, if that is correct, John, is, is how surprising is that to you? It's kind of surprising, honestly. Like, if you were to ask me, I would have thought 50-50 at the most. If anything, a slight edge to the Series X. You know, people are always ex- ex- obsessed with getting the best thing out there. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe it really isn't surprising because Microsoft has been teaching their customers to, like, not necessarily want the top line of anything. Like, you know, we buy our Game Pass subscription. Don't buy this, you know, top-of-the-line AAA game like The Last of Us. You want the you want the subscription because you get the most value for your buck. Like, they're very value-focused, and while that is good for a, from a consumer standpoint, it's just like, yeah, you just kind of taught your consumer base that this is, this is you know, the avenue if you want to be in this ecosystem. Again, that's fine, but maybe it shouldn't be as surprising as it is. But Yeah, I mean, look at the Switch. Nintendo decided to do their own thing, and it's not nowhere competing. I mean, there's a bunch of funny uh, pictures out there of the Mortal Kombat 1 version running on the Switch, and yeah. it ain't great. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, if this data is to be believed, that is kind of shocking. You know, it's like every time new hardware is announced, they're just, it's all about the flops, man. Like, how many flops does mm-hmm. this run run and all the all the hardware data, and it seems like... Well, it's funny, uh, man. I just remember when, doesn't when, matter. when they were both announced, you know, it's like, oh, the, the Xbox has more flops. Like, we're going to destroy you guys. We got 12 teraflops, and you guys got 10. And it's like... You guys didn't even fucking put your money where your mouth is. You guys all went and bought Series S's anyway. Like, yeah, so it, did, it truly does not matter. <laughs> so so IGN did go, reach out to Daniel Ahmad and Matt Piscatella, who seem to be our experts in their firms about this kind of stuff. But Matt, they, He's the guy that produces the NPD every, every month. Mm-hmm, like, so mm-hmm. he, knows, he knows all the numbers. That their firms think that it's more closer to 50-50 with the S still leading the X, though. Okay. So... It is a lot closer than that. But even that, I like I would have thought, you know, if I'm buying a console, I'm buying for because because the buying, well, everyone's budget's different. But the the way consoles last forever, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like I'm making this one time purchase. I'm going to get the better version, especially if I got the 4K TV and all that. Why would I get the Series S? But Mm -hmm. yeah, it still blows my mind that most people are playing on the the lower powered platform. What would also be interesting to see is how many of those Series S units users have a different system too. Like where that's just like, this mm-hmm. is my Game Pass machine so I can play Starfield so I can play the couple things I want. It's not my primary thing because I'm not going to spend, you know, like myself and get the right. nice one because I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, you're going to get the other thing that just lets you get there. And so, you know, again, it's just Microsoft's different approach to sales as opposed to the other ones. So, yeah. It's weird. yeah. Well, yeah, I would have argued I hate that the Series S exists because... They, all these developers have to make a game for it if they're going to yeah. release on the Xbox platform. But then this data comes out and you're like, nope, Xbox was right on that. Yeah, they were right. <laughs> but like you do wonder, like, you know, there have been different developers out there. You know, there's a lot of conflicting information about this. So I don't think we'll know until well after this generation. But like, you know, what is the actual impact on the Series S with a development schedule? Does that is that have any, you know, obviously it has some um you know, issue with Baldur's Gate 3, right? So, like, mm-hmm. if that's one example, there's got to be more. And, mm-hmm. you know, is it really the best thing for your ecosystem to hamstring yourself like that? Don't know. Mm-hmm. We won't know for a while. It's true. All right, Nick. My number two and number three since I stole yours. Um, <laughs> so, number two, I was very pleased to see kind of a lineup of Bethesda games that are going to be coming out. Selfishly, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
a little bit on the shocking side is we got to see that Dishonored 3 is in the plans, which yeah. I wouldn't have expected that. I, I kind of think Dishonored is this franchise that people love, but it doesn't necessarily you know, blow people's doors off or, or demand millions and millions of copies sold. Mm -hmm. So the fact that that's getting a third one is pretty cool. I like Deathloop a lot. Hopefully Arcane can, you know, bounce and back. And I don't know bit. how Dishonored 2 ended. Would, would have, if there wasn't a third game, would that be a fitting end to this franchise or... Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, because they did do the DLC, Death of the Outsider, as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, there probably is more stories to tell. But it's also something you could you could probably Assassin's Creed the shit out of that franchise. It's like, yeah, this is just another guy with cool abilities. Yeah. But <laughs> So we got to see Dishonored 3. Of course, a new Doom game is in development. That would probably jump to my number one Xbox game that I would want, you know, once that gets confirmation. But then uh, also uh, we got... Um, some talks of a Fallout 3 and Oblivion remakes, which those are probably my two Bethesda games, right? Like <laughs> Skyrim is great, and I understand it's a more fleshed out game than Oblivion is, but um, when I bought my PS3 in 2007, um, I got Ninja Gaiden Sigma and I got Elder Scrolls Oblivion. And that was the first time I really played a game like that. And then after I played Oblivion, I was like, well, I got to check out Fallout 3 also. And that also just captivated the shit out of me. <laughs> um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Careful like, what you wish for. I know. <laughs> I <laughs> you think they'll be bad? Well, they'll probably be what they were then. And I think... Nostalgia plays a big part <laughs> when yeah, you play those I, games I, now. I, I agree. I'm curious to see specifically how Oblivion would mm -hmm. be. Like Fallout 3, I think, you know, you can kind of get lost in the desolation of it. Just there's a lot of well-written characters and things like that. But yeah. Oblivion is very... When did that game come out? 2004, 6, 5? Some, somewhere around yeah. there. I'm not sure. Um, but even if it's just like up and kind of allows me to get back into the world, I just, I really liked exploring that map and then coming across an oblivion gate, going into this weird hell looking dimension, clearing it out. It kind of acted as a camp and then you get out and you, you get some cool ability or something. So the fact that those are around makes me happy. Do you think Fallout 3 and Oblivion have any chance to come to PlayStation? Being that those are legacy titles. <laughs> no. Quote, unquote. Okay. No, I, I think any, anything coming out of Bethesda going forward, we got the news of, I don't know if this is your third thing. I don't want to spoil it, but it's the not. Elder Scrolls Six, shocking. Oh, my God. is not coming to the PlayStation. And that, and my sarcasm there is because it's not shocking. When you buy a publisher, yeah. you keep their games on your platform. So, no, not yeah. a chance. So, while that's not my third thing, it's kind of a good segue. So, the third, third thing that I had was Phil Spencer saying that Nintendo is the prime asset as well as Valve. And so... Well, there could be a lot of nuance to look into that, right? You know, on uh, Kyle Bossman's latest episode of um, Delayed Input, he kind of goes into it. And it does have an air of like, well, you're just trying to respond to somebody who like gave you an idea, right? Like, oh, right. that is a good idea. But <laughs> this is why we can't do it is the, I think what Kyle says. But I just don't like the idea that these guys are even thinking of it, that they're thinking of we can buy Nintendo, we can buy Valve, we can buy everything. And they can't just, afford Valve. Not even Microsoft. No. <laughs> they could, though, but I, I know what you're saying. Um, but, you know, that the fact that, that they are looking to monopolize the entire industry or that they, that they would if they could is concerning to me. And while I don't think anything like that would ever happen, I think the Japanese government would step in. I think Nintendo themselves would step in. I think everybody in the world would step in. You know, Mario movie just made a billion dollars. I don't want to let, let go of that. Just, you know, kind of shows that they are who we thought they were. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's not shocking. These are it's companies. capitalism, John. These, I'm I, sorry. I know, 
know. Late stage capitalism. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not just my, it's not Microsoft. You mean I'm that sure, doesn't only I'm sure exist so, in Cyberpunk? I'm sure Sony had the same conversation, like how much to get Nintendo, but sure, but but probably no, because like, they probably know that they can't put that into their books. Like maybe they'd be like, well, how much, how, how much would you guys yeah, cost? But yeah. they're not going to actually think of it, you know. And and there's just this whole. Since over this whole ordeal, since the Activision Blizzard thing has all started, like just these arguments of like, well, it's okay when Sony buys Final Fantasy 16. It's like you're going to compare Nintendo to Final Fantasy 16 or <laughs> Bethesda, like publishers, you know, it's just silly and um, not shocking again. But I just the fact that Phil Spencer has an email out there saying like, yeah, we could buy Nintendo. <laughs> Pretty funny to me. I think he was humoring, like you said, in the in I do lead too. up to this. He's humoring the, the thought that someone, because the, the title of the email is Random Thought. Uh, that he's responding to with this. But uh, um, I think he's more in the line that it would be great if Nintendo maybe, may, maybe not all their games, but maybe some of their legacy titles were to show up other places. Like they would they would make money for sure. You know, if yeah. Super Mario Sunshine or GameCube games started coming out on PlayStation and Xbox, they would sell tons of copies. Oh, dude, of course, they should but, just go. What Nintendo should do is they should go back to when they had their virtual store and just put the virtual store on everything, right? right? Because like, yeah, okay, cool. I can play Super Nintendo, anything, yeah, anything up through GameCube. Keep it two or three generations removed, and then just, yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. They would make <laughs> they would make so much money. But no, they they want to resell you those games on their platform. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> not gonna happen. But that's fair. But it's but yeah. It was an interesting email to theorize about. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. You know, if there are more tidbits here and there, it's obviously a pretty lengthy read. So, if you're kind of interested in more of that, you know, just uh, FTC leaks, Microsoft. I'm sure you'll get all sorts of information. But those are kind of some of the the bigger bullet points. Again, it you know, it was a ton of information, but nothing that like laid. You know, they didn't have their fucking dick flop out on the table and be like, well, you know, here's all of our secrets. It was it was kind of just more of a, you know, there's a good period of time between when the leaks happen and now and nothing too crazy to get to get too stirred up about. But and, and things change. So, and you things know, change. Thing, things that they talked about may never happen. We might not get a new Xbox refresh next year. Yeah, just ask Rocksteady. Things change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. All right. So we can move on to the next thing. And that's the other big news that's been taking over the internet is that cyberpunk 2077 got its 2.0 update and if you've been listening to us on a regular basis you you know that i am kind of a fan of cyberpunk 2077 including making it my game of the year last year um how things work on the playstation pals is we include games we played that year not just their release year kratos is sad yeah, so it, it defeated Kratos, and it, it is great to see kind of everyone coming back to this game in droves and just all the Twitch streamers and everyone else and just seeing, especially like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Starfield, but to be shoved between Baldur's Gate 3 and Cyberpunk 2077, I'm sorry, you do not even hold a candle to those games. Uh, you know, just watching people play the game through the game and just being like, how well the characters animate and look, it's just incredible. And uh, if you haven't played Cyberpunk 2077, now's the time to play it, John. Because the new 2.0 update really revamped everything. And so I downloaded it and checked it out. And, well, the very first thing is, like, I haven't played Cyberpunk in over a year. So it was just like, oh, how do I even play this game anymore? And I'm, I am still afraid for when the, the Phantom Liberty expansion comes out that I'm going to have this kind of... They're going to ease adjustment. you in. Yeah. They're going to ease I mean, I, for real, though, they'll ease you in. I hope. I hope. You know, Horizon Burning Shores then it threw me right into a big robot battle. So That's true. But Cyberbunk, Cyberbunk, 
Cyberpunk has the full redemption arc to redeem, and they're on their, they're at, they're at the goal line, man. So yeah, and I think they they sh- they probably understand, even though they're suggesting people replay the game now that this update God. is out. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the passive abilities. So well, I'll just get into that right away. But uh, in this game now is the way you a you get skill points, a you get perks, you apply those. But also now they have on top of that is that when you play as a certain type, so if you're playing as a net runner, you're hacking people all the time, it's kind of how it worked in those older Fallout games like you or and oh. Skyrim games where those skills will just naturally go up. So in Skyrim, you kept using the bow, your proficiency in a bow, your skills would go I like up. That. I like that. Uh, so this has a, this in as well, and it's only incremental percentage updates. You know, your damage with these weapons will go up and stuff, but that's in this now. So again, it would behoove you to start from the beginning because then you're kind of getting those perks as you go, but... Uh, yeah, I loaded it into the game and it instantly. Re- I'm a level 50 character, and it instantly reset all my skill points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! And so I was faced looking at the new perk system, which is great. Uh, it actually makes sense. It's it's trees now. Everyone knows how to how to upgrade in a tree, and uh, kind of like a D and D or Baldur's Gate. You kind of have your overall stats, and your overall stats just can let you get further down in the tree. So if you have 20 points in body, you can get the ultimate skills trees, ultimate skills in the skill tree for body. And so everything just just makes more sense to how it previously worked. Kind of previously skills were just placed all over the place and you did have to be level 20 in body to get those ultimate ones, but it just didn't make sense. It was visually confusing. So they kind of streamlined all that up and they've added um, car combat is another big update and every perk tree now has an additional thing for car combat. So if you have, if you go into body and you want more armor and your vehicles that take, be able to take more damage, you can put that, you can unlock a perk in that tree for that. Uh, if you're a net runner, you got, you upgraded your intelligence, you can now hack cars and force them to explode, um, stuff like that. So everything just makes sense. The game is just more robust and, I'll be honest, John. I have not put any of my perks in yet because I don't know what I want to be again. True. You know. <laughs> like, yeah, this is the opportunity. Do I? Do you become a new cyber ninja man, or do mm-hmm. you become? Because I was, I was else? running uh, mantis. I was using, I was doing hacking mantis blades and pistols, and I think I'm going to change that, especially now that the trees are associated with their corresponding thing. So I never checked out the mono wire, which is kind of like this whip that you yes. retract from your arms, and that's built into intelligence. So I can be a hacker, use the mono wire, and use smart weapons because they're also tied to that. Because now weapons are each tied to their perspective tree. So like heavy weapons and shotguns are tied to body. Uh, throwing knives and blades are tied to cool. Mm, so like yeah, you can you can just kind of see where you want to go with that stuff. So I had not put points into anything. I'll have to make my decision before I go into Phantom Liberty. But everything's great and. The one thing I did check out was the new police system. Uh, it was broken in the ga- in the base game before. Uh, cops would just appear behind you. It didn't make a lot of sense. You could still get like, you know, more cops if you got your thing up, but it just didn't make sense. They would just spawn out of nowhere. Now cops are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like they're walking the street. They're doing things. 
Uh, they're getting in. You guys wanted cops? Here's some cops. <laughs> yeah. They're engaging with other people. So I saw a cop do a traffic stop and it just turned into an all out brawl, like because uh, they were from a, one of the gangs in the game. But and, this was just occurring off the side. Yeah, it was occurring was cool. off to the side. So yeah, he was pulling them over and I just decided to stop because I knew the cops were different. And yeah, and it turned into this all out brawl. So okay. Uh, well, it's exciting listening to you talk, man, because like I, I haven't really, you know, dived too much into what the 2.0 update has because I knew I was going to play yeah. it regardless. Um, but a lot of the RPG mechanics you're explaining are like the kind of RPG mechanics I like. I just I like being yeah. rewarded for doing the things that I'm doing. I like having passive abilities. I like, you know, an easy to read skill tree because that admittedly was something and my limited time with it was just like I, I felt when I was upgrading my character, I'm like, this is confusing. There's a lot of different tabs to flip yep. through. There's a lot of different skills that I don't quite know what they tie into. So it's encouraging to hear that, um, you know, that's all been fleshed out. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to have to restart. You know, I probably I only got to the part one of the very first big narrative moments. So like two hours in, like yeah. it's not too big of a, a thing to reset, but I think I'm going to as well. Cause I, I loaded it in, downloaded the update. I was like, no, let me check it out. And I was like, whoop, I don't know anything. <laughs> right. So I'll just restart again for the third time, but this will be the time. Yeah. I think a lot of it's just making smarter decisions. And one of them is like crafting and loot. Like before, if you wanted to craft like a legendary shotgun, you had to have like six, seven different like pieces. Now, now it's just, there's legendary crafting loot, uh, exotic and so on and so forth. The stuff we're used to, you know, your gold, your purple, your blues. Ooh, love the gold, purple. <laughs> yeah, now that not only just applied to weapons, it's applied to crafting materials, and it's just as simple as that. You want to you want to upgrade your legendary gun? You just need X amount of the legendary crafting material, and that's all it is. Was that a World of Warcraft thing? Does, is that what started all that? I don't. I we'd have yeah, to look into it. The earliest for me that I was just thinking here is like Borderlands, but I know World of Warcraft had to have had to have done. Yeah, it's probably been around for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, the different colored loot and yeah, again, it's Maybe just Diablo. It's, they just streamlined the whole process of this game. It it runs better. It loads really fast now, which I wish Baldur's Gate three would do. <laughs> but no, this game loads really good, really well. So if you're loading previous saves or you're like, I didn't like how that dialogue went, I'm gonna go back. Super fast loading. Mm. The, it's it's the game I wish it launched as, but you know, I'll just have to wait for the sequel because then now the sequel will be perfect. Yeah, you know. But this is this is a great spot for people like John mm -hmm. to jump in because it's it's just, it's everything's fixed. Yeah, way, way to not wait, Nick. You dummy. <laughs> you dummy. Um, just for just for those out there, it was Diablo started the color coding thing. Okay. Okay, Diablo so had, it's been a minute. Diablo 1 had white, blue, and then orange for normal, magic, and unique, and then two really fleshed it out. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's so good, man. I'm that's that's um as soon as I'm done with Sea of Stars, which I'm getting close to. I mean, that's what I plan on jumping into. So I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I know I you really were. want to talk about know, this game with other people. Can't wait to <laughs> shit all over it. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. No. You're gonna you're gonna have a great and time. We got, and we got some people on the team, I think, that are playing through it too, which is cool. Yeah, so. yeah. It seems like have some like water I said, cooler every, discussions. Everyone's jumping into it, and you know, it rose on Twitch, it rose on Steam, everything. So everyone's getting back into Cyberpunk and. Please? Yeah, again, uh, and and Phantom Liberty reviews are out. It's it's out as you hear this podcast, um, and obviously I'll be checking that out and bringing it next week. But it just, you know, it's great to see these. You know, obviously the game has to sell well initially. I, I think that's the prerequisite for them to get these redemption arcs. Is like, you know, No Man's Sky, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. They sold really well despite all their issues. So 
it, you know, and of course the developers could just take that money and do whatever they want, but it is nice to see them go back, fix the game, and in Cyberpunk's case, like just totally revamp the entire way the game works, and and same with No Man's Sky, and you know, you like to see you like to see these stories because. You know, you can get Cyberpunk 2077 for like five bucks. That's what I bought it for. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's super super interesting when you think of CD Projekt Red in this game, and it's like, dude, I I don't ever recall so much vitriol in in the internet for when since when that game came out, mm-hmm. and I almost I almost thought like it was the end of CD Projekt Red. Like, are they ever going to be able to recover from this? Their next game is going to be under such scrutiny, and I almost feel like they've fucking pulled it off. Where like they they're going to come out with their next game. People aren't even going to really think about it. They're going to be like, hey, do you remember Cyberpunk? And they'll be like, yeah, pre-order. <laughs> like, I, I think they did it. I think yeah. they figured it out. And, and you know, it was the hard path. It was the hard thing to do. Um, but, you know, yeah, you got to applaud them when, when, when places or, you know, companies and people do things like that. So. Well, uh, CD Projekt Red has been so public with what their upcoming games are. It is just Witcher Four and Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven two. So they'll they'll be fine. Like those, the the track work is laid out. Mm-hmm. Like how are those games really going to be bad? They might be buggy, but they'll they, be buggy. But I think the press is going to really <laughs> probably grill them too. Like you know, and just yeah. make sure that like previews and and press coverage and all that stuff is like okay. This is a PC build. Let me see the PS five build <laughs> or whatever the case right. is because. You know, right. For those who don't know, that was the issue with Cyberpunk. Really, was last gen consoles just didn't work. So, and last gen consoles did not get this update. That is to note. They See ya. they were the About last update was one point six for them. So, um, yeah, they cannot play Phantom Liberty. They cannot get the two point update. So it's just yeah. I think we finally, current consoles. Is Spider Man two the first PS five exclusive that's not coming to last gen? Like of, of consequence. I would say, I mean, what was re- the last Returnal and Ratchet and Clank were right PS5 only. I think that's, I think yeah. that's, and Demon Souls remake. Yeah. What was the what was the PS5 exclusive before Spider Man this year? This year, yeah, Final Fantasy 16. Right. Okay, like I said, but that's third party. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. <laughs> I think we finally got past it, which is feels good. Yeah, it does feel good to have the uh, current gen only yes games. So, all right, Nick. So. Longtime listeners of the show will remember uh, how we once figured out who the top PlayStation franchise was in PlayStation history, and uh, we figured out God of War, of course, you know, was the winner of that. And so I thought it was time, Nick, you know, being that I was in the hospital, didn't play a ton of video games, needed to bring some topics, tried to formulate a new thing. And, you know, after last week of you hating on my Nintendo ranking, I thought, well, let's let's do something a little little different, a little more in depth. And what I did is I put together a list of what I felt were sixty-ish of the most popular, you know, biggest whatever you want to call them video game characters out there. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna have ourselves a little battle royale. <laughs> now it's gonna be a long form battle royale because we're not gonna have these guys all go together at the same time. But what I want to do is I want to have a random drawing between the two of us. Where I'm going to champion one of these characters, you will champion one of these characters. They will go head-to-head after we debate them. Now, we're calling upon the audience here a little bit to help us, <laughs> right? Because Nick and I, we can argue all day long till the cows come home, but we're just going to argue for our own picks. We need a little bit of input from people. So, you know, the Jessies, the Marks, the Wills, the Jakes out there. If you guys can, you know, listen to our little arguments here, they're going to be a minute apiece, keeping it nice and short. Let us know who you think wins. 
you know, if you want to be silly and vote for the one, you know, if you, just whatever. This is all fun and games. Nobody's taking this seriously. Just trying to see if we can whittle this thing down to who the last man standing is for the Battle Royale. So uh, Nick and I have already polled uh, our picks for this week. We did this last week. Now we are going to do two at a time, two two matchups, right? So I have two, Nick has two. For now, that will take us about a year to do. So it's going to be a long time thing. So if, you know, if also when you're writing in to vote, if you're saying, hey, I could really go for another matchup or or whatever the case, or like, no, two's perfect. We we want to listen to this for a year. <laughs> listen to you well, guys we'll be see idiots how, for a year. We'll see how each podcast works out, right? Like if we had nothing going on, we might, we could hammer out 10 of these, you yeah. know? Like it's not, not in the realm of impossibility. So... And we're going to see how it works. This is new to both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you'll hear, some of us are going to be arguing characters that we are not too familiar with. <laughs> so that'll be fun. But uh, And then matchups that make absolutely no, no sense. No, so no exactly. Cares? Again, so, who cares? So, yeah. And uh, I think me and John, will. if there is a tie, we'll, we'll we can, kinda, we'll decide we can ourselves. Be adult, we can be adults. Or maybe yeah. we'll, you know, ask yeah. somebody on the oh, yeah. team or well, something. Yeah, we can be adults initially, but maybe some of these matchups won't, That's won't be as good. That's true. Once, so. once per- personal feelings <laughs> get involved. Yeah. All right, John. So, what is our first matchup? All right. So, first that matchup, very fitting for you, Nick. Yep. You got yourself your boy, Cal Kestis, from mm-hmm. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Newly formed Padawan Jedi person. I don't really quite know, <laughs> but you know. Versus one of the most storied characters in all of video games. Ferocious, scary, <laughs> yellow Pac-Man. All right. So, we got Pac-Man. Versus Cal How did we not cut Pac-Man? Because <laughs> he's Pac-Man. He's legendary. You know, it's it's if he yeah. dies in the first round, he, if he dies, he dies. You know. Yeah. Like, okay. It is what it is. But uh, I had I had fun trying to trying to figure out ways to have him beat a Jedi. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you wanna if you wanna go f- you go first this round, I go first the next round. Sure. Or sure. however you wanna do it. But I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a minute on the clock. Do, well, do we need a timer? Yes, we need a timer. So the timer what is the timer just because I'm not gonna go a minute explaining Calcastus. No, Calcastus Calcastus can so you cannot exceed a minute, but you can go under a minute. If, okay. if you're done, just say I'm done. Okay. I just don't want I don't want one of us to ramble for seven minutes and then it would be me. Ramble for seven minutes about why two B is the greatest thing in the world and then it have no relevance. Is she in this? Wasting. I don't remember oh, seeing Yeah, of course she's <laughs> okay. in this. Come on. Oh boy. All right. It'll be a hard time eliminating that one. Yeah, it will. It will. Um so I'm going to give you a minute, Nick. All right. I don't you, need a minute, but you got sure, your go ahead and time it. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Ready, set, go. All right. So first up, entering the ring, we have Cal Kestis, Jedi Master, you know, who trained under Jedi Master Jaro Tapel. Um, you know, I don't really need to explain what a, a Jedi is. But, you know, Cal Kestis is a premier one of those. Not only does he have all the abilities of the Force, he's also the master of several Jedi stances. So uh-huh. if you've seen the way um, Darth Maul fights or Kylo Ren fights, oh, Cal Kestis can fight like that. He can use those lightsabers. He can go dual lightsabers. He can fight with a pistol and a lightsaber. He is a master of multiple Jedi stances. And then you got his resume he has defeated multiple Inquisitors. So in the Star Wars universe, Inquisitors are... <laughs> oh, I'm down to 10 seconds. 10 seconds, baby. Uh, he's defeated multiple Inquisitors <laughs> that, that hunt Jedi down, and he has also survived in an encounter with Darth Vader. So that is why he should win. Very nice. Wow, Very nice. okay, so maybe the time limit is... Yeah, I mean, it's not is, as much as you think. Okay. All, All right. right. Cal Kestis, in the books. <laughs> All right, here we go. 
My timer starts now. <laughs> Legendary character Pac-Man started in 1980. What does Pac-Man have, Nick? Pac-Man has experience. Pac-Man is elder, all right? He's got so much knowledge under his belt that Cal Kestis can't even stand it. What's the, what's the Jedi's number one weakness also, Nick? It's overconfidence. They're overconfident all the time. They just think they got this shit in the bag, then they get surprised, and look, their fucking order falls apart, all right? So Pac-Man's gonna come in there, he's gonna eat his power pellets, he's gonna be invincible, a lightsaber can't harm power pellets. Has it ever been tested? <laughs> Nobody knows. So all I know is that Pac-Man, while in pellet form, would gobble the fuck out of Cal Calcius, all right? Okay. Pac-Man's going to fight on his own terms. He's the elder. He's, he's wise. He's respected. We're going to fight on our, own, on our own turf. So Cal can't use his force abilities on, on little Pac-Man land. He's just going to bounce against the wall. He's going to be fine. Um, and he doesn't get tired, Nick. He doesn't slow down. He just gobbles. He keeps going. You can keep hitting him. He can go, nop, 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 nop. I'm going to keep going until you know he wears you down because Cal Kestis, at the end of the day, he is a Jedi, but he's human. He's going to get tired. And that's why Pac-Man will win. All right. I like that. That was fun. Okay. So first matchup in the books, folks. We got Pac-Man versus Cal Kestis. Please write in who you think should move on into round two. And then for matchup number two, this one hurts a little bit for me, all right? As many, many people know, Final <laughs> Fantasy X is one of my favorite games of all time. And when we drew this, Nick got Titus. All right. And so I kind of. Is that how you pronounce it? Titus? It is Titus, yep, which is stupid. I was going to say Titus. Yeah, well, everybody does. <laughs> um, so Nick got Titus, which I'm, I'm a little worried that he's going to sabotage this and just let him die, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's on my, that's on my arguments. <laughs> And then, um, also, he's going against a juggernaut here. He's going against somebody that will have a hard time losing any fight, and that's Zagreus from Hades, the uh, number four PlayStation Pals ranked game, mm -hmm. Hades. So uh, I guess I'll take it away here as to why Zagreus wins this fight. And get my timer here. All right. Zagreus from Hades. He is the son of a literal god, right? He's he's the son of Hades himself, who you know I don't think needs any introduction. That's your your royal blood immediately. He escapes hell. He gets out of there. He beats all the armies of Hades. He beats uh, the big fucking Minotaur. He beats this one of the sisters of fates. He beats his dad. All because he's just motivated to go see his mom. This guy will stop at nothing to be able to go see his mom to fight his way out of hell. Uh, to do what he needs to do. He's a master of five different weapons, right? He'll hit you from short range. He'll hit you with his bow. He'll hit you with his gun. Titus has to come up close. Titus uses a sword. That's what he uses, you know? So if he's not getting close, he's, he doesn't really have a shot. Um, he's faster. He's stronger. He's sexier. You just can't really do much against Zagreus, uh, especially if you're Titus. I mean, I feel like, unfortunately, the only people that are going to really able to stand up against Zagreus, we got Kratos, you know, people on that level. So Titus... You know, he's just a dream. That's all he is. He doesn't even really exist in this world. So uh, I don't know what he's going to be able to do against Agrius. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. And 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 obviously, I have never I have played Final Fantasy X and never beat it. So this yeah, will be. It is fun to get a character. And and the, the, I'll say this: the motivation for not throwing a character on the bus is because John might get Solid Snake, mm -hmm. or Geralt. you know, a character important to me. Geralt. Uh, yeah, or yeah, or Geralt, or you know, any of those characters. So, you know, it's in my best interest to do his character right. Fuck so, <laughs> so all right, are you ready to start the clock on this one? <laughs> ready when you start talking. All right. So Titus, he may not Titus. be the. 
Titus, but he might not be the son of Hades, but he is the son of major blitzball, blitzball star Jet. And you know what? He's not a mommy's boy like, <laughs> like Zagreus is. Oh, I gotta go see my mommy. No, he is there to protect the guardian, Yuna. You know, she's on a pilgrimage to put an end to sin. Mm. So, you know, it's good to have some people with you. And you mentioned how Titus, Titus, is not very fast, but we're going to max out his spear grid. Titus is the master of status effects, specifically time. He's got access to haste and slow. So, up oh, there goes Zagreus' speed advantage. Cast haste on me, cast mm. slow on him. We'll see how fast you are. And, you know, Zagreus, he may be the masters of multiple weapons. That makes you the mag the master of none. That's why <laughs> Tate is using only swords and shields in battle. He'll have the advantage. And, again, he's a star of Blitzball. You know, he can just wield a Blitzball in there and kick it at you. And there you go. <laughs> I love it. Good job, Nick. <laughs> All right. So there you have it, folks. Uh, that is matchups one and two of this. Uh, PlayStation Battle Royale, PlayStation Pals, whatever we want to we want to call it. But I had fun. I think uh, I think we can probably keep this going. So, uh, what we need to do here, Nick, is we're going to roll for next week's matchup. Okay. All right. So let me get my randomizer up here. Let me get my list of characters that I made. And again, right. yeah, make sure to email in. I'll have it up on Twitter. You know, just let us know your your who you're going to vote for here. That's right. And again. If you have to make an argument for your vote, we'll re we'll read it. You know, as we talk about the winners and losers next mm -hmm. week, we'll we can read if you have if you can make a better argument than us for why they'll win. I'll yep. I'll, ha I'll happily read that. So, and if there is also, you know, I'm only one man. Like I can't think of every character. If there's a cherished video game character you have, he might already be on this list. They might not, but let us know. You know, yep. maybe we can add him. We'll see. Yeah. All right, Nick, you ready for your your next week's character? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Nick will be fighting for Nathan Drake. Okay. Nathan All right. Drake. All yeah. right. Good one. <laughs> versus oh, <no>. Bowser. <laughs> okay. Nathan Drake versus Bowser. So you want to write that in the sheet? You got you got Drake, I got Bowser. Yeah. Nathan Drake. <laughs> Bowser. Sure. Silly. All right. And then second matchup. I'm gonna be first this time, okay? All right. I got <laughs> Geralt. Oh no! See, this is what I, I was just talking about. <laughs> God, oh this boy, is, this is great already. Geralt versus oh boy Pikachu. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> so we got Drake versus Bowser and Geralt versus Pikachu. I feel like it should be Drake versus Geralt and Bowser versus Pikachu, <laughs> but you know what's the fun in that? So that'll be that'll be next week's uh, battle royale matchup. All right, that'll be exciting. That's again, there's some. Def defending <laughs> our beloved PlayStation characters that we played on PlayStation versus Nintendo yep. uh, will be interesting. So, yep. Cool. That's all I got. All right. So we're moving to the final thing. Again, this has been on my mind as I continue to play Baldur's Gate 3 and have some updated thoughts on the game as I'm in Baldur's Gate and I'm nearing the end. Um, I'm actually starting to wrap up some of the companion quests, which I've had since the beginning of the game. So it's I'm I'm there. I was hoping to get it done before Phantom Liberty, but I am gonna have to. I could see over the weekend you were trying your damnedest. I was like I <laughs> yeah. was like eight in the morning. I'm like, oh, Nick's playing Baldur's Gate. <laughs> I'm sitting here dying, and he's playing Baldur's Gate. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> so I, it's my, I I did it to myself. <laughs> All right. So one of the first realizations I had while while I'm playing the game 
is how much this is like the Mass Effect franchise in a couple ways. And if you're not familiar with Mass Effect, I'll kind of explain that. Um, the first one is is how well the side characters are in this. Like your base companions, Gale, Asterion, Lazelle, Shadowheart, Karlak, and Will are incredible. They're they're they match, you know, Garrus, Morden, Liara, all those all my favorite characters from um, Mass Effect. And a lot of that is the writing. The writing's really good and as their stories kind of take place over the course of the game. So you don't you don't finish a companion quest in Act One. It kind of reaches multiple steps until Act Three, and then you can finally, you know, get the completion on their side character quest. And a lot of this is, yeah, the writing, but also the voice actors, which again, they're just a bunch of British voice actors that you've probably never heard of. They're currently having a renaissance, of course, because you know the game's reviewing well. Uh, people are falling in love with all these characters. You know, and now is the one of them the next Laura Bailey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'll, for sure. They're they'll be showing up in other games, but I, you know, they're popping up everywhere. The voice actor for Asterion, Neil Newman, has been on IGN. Uh, they've all done. Um, is that the sexy looking like? Uh, he's got like wavy blonde hair, white hair. Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. vampire. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, everybody's sexy in this game. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everyone, everyone is very hot. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's been showing up. The whole cast did a D and D game. I've been watching that and enjoying it. They're just, they're just you know, basking in like kind of like what we're seeing with all the Spider Man two actors right now. As part of the launch trailer was all the Spider Man two voice actors, you know, Laura, the Laura Bailey, the Tony Todd's, just kind of just basking in just your games coming out. It's looking to be very good and. People are being drawn to you. They're probably all their Twitter followers are probably through the roof, you know. So they're all just lavishing in this extra attention, and for good reason. Again, they're just all incredible. But also, like the Mass Effect franchises, this is like Mass Effect one, two, and three, like all in one game, smushed together. <laughs> yeah, like all the you know the 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 first game, you know, the, the scale is not very big, but you are making important choices. And then the second game is throwing even more characters, more choices in. And then the third game is trying to put a pretty little bow on all those decisions you make while throwing in probably, there's probably 30, 100, 30,000. 30, 30,000. I was just, yeah. I was going to say 30 different endings, but I know there's more yeah, than no, that. There's just like all these characters are popping up, all have an interest in what you and your party's doing. Uh, that it's just, it's, it's just it's just crazy like how they made this game and sorry just a quick google search 17,000 ending variations. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's it's just it's just crazy and I you know, I'm I'm back and forth on, on this game and we'll get into the back part, but uh what my why I'm down on the game too, but all these things are are incredible, the writing, the the characters, the how they are acted is just great. The performances, all that. But on the other end is one of the things I've realized I do not like in video games anymore, and John, we can get your thoughts too, mm -hmm. is what are your thoughts on silent protagonists? Mm. Baldur's Gate has one. Starfield has one. You know, Legend of Zelda. You know, yeah. Link does not talk throughout that entire franchise. Dragon Everyone else Quest. around him talks. Yep. I think they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I feel like they, they, they started – just out of necessity back when, you know, you couldn't put that much 
budget into a game, but like nowadays it just doesn't quite make sense. I get that it allows a narrative team to probably be a little bit more open-ended and just have everything happen around the character as opposed to with the character. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, it, it will inevitably wear itself down probably for me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you'll have like Shadowheart going through this heartbreaking decision and just acted to perfection and then I just choose from five lines of dialogue and then she just reacts to that. You know, it's not like my my character makes facial expressions, but it's like, it's just not the same. It's like, yeah. I, I want Commander Shepard. I want to so you want to be Shepard. Yeah, I want to be Shepard or I want to be V from Cyberpunk where I'm like, where my character is responding back in this in a, a similar tone to what they're doing and it just, just, it just feels more organic than the, you know, like I would love to share you know, a lot of, we share a lot of clips on the beginning of this podcast. It's hard to do games like this because, you know, there's nobody talking back to yeah, them. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's, you know, and again, yeah, it's a voice actor. They're going to have to record a male and female voice line, yeah, maybe but, multiple voices. But you recorded 17,000 endings. Right. <laughs> so. right. Right. Yeah. All the other characters are recording all these lines. So maybe yeah. you can do that here. But um, it is, it is wild to think like, yeah, that they just didn't feel the need to do that with a with the protagonist in this and you think they're probably like well then this way the player can inject their own voice yeah oh i'm sure and i'm sure people can write in and people prefer this way you know like these are all again starfield is doing great balls get three doing great zelda also this year they're all doing great they're they're not hurt by this fact that they have silent protagonists but um yeah i do think like that's in in my heart of hearts is like I would prefer voice, yeah. of course. So, and I'm glad you're on the same page there. Um, and and the other downer thing is this is a what I like to refer to as a PC ass PC game, yeah. <laughs> where um, and and Star feels kind of the same way too, where every object in the world is interactive. Um, I think one of the reasons I had to turn the game down to easy is because I'm not supposed to play it as um, front facing as I appear to like just walk into a combat encounter. Yeah. Uh, every time I like, I even on easy when I get stuck on a boss, I try to look at what other people are doing, and it's always cheese. It's yeah. cheese this, cheese that. You have a steering, go stealth, and you know stab a few guys, or you know have Carlac run and push people off edges. I saw somebody um, line like. 20 explosive barrels around a boss and then just light, light them off like once the encounter starts and like yep. oh boss is dead yep yep <laughs> yeah like, okay, cool. and that, that freedom is cool. awesome everyone everyone likes that kind of stuff me who is used to kind of a lot of console games where it's Your the limitations of the controller make it a little more handholdy um, you know, you know, you don't have all the, the clicks and your cursor that can go all over the screen in an instant you know so uh, so that is kind of getting to me too. Is like I don't want to read how to cheese a boss, you yeah. know. Like I don't think that's the, and I don't think that's a acceptable post. And I know Baldur's Gate Three is a very long game, and there'll probably be more concrete guides on like just have this build or have that build. But also, this game has a million different builds. You can't even plan mm-hmm. for that. You so. can't really balance. It. Like I mean, you can balance it to a degree, but like to the level that I, it sounds like you're hoping for. Yeah, probably just not going to really get there. And that's yeah. part of it. Part of the D and D experience, yeah, exactly. And, and again, people probably love that open endedness, but I, I think it is one of the things that I'm bouncing off of. And while I'm I'm kind of struggling with a lot of the the harder encounters in the game, is that it's like, well, I should have 
I should be pre-planning and and positioning characters. And I think I think a big part of this game is to fail, like in mm-hmm. reload saves, as far in not just the dice rolls that you fail and checks and all that, but also just oh, I didn't know this combat encounter was going to go this way. Now that I do, now I can place twenty explosive barrels around the guy yeah. and then explode him when he when he uh, when he engages me. So. Well, it's really hard, too, because, yeah, I mean, you know, that definitely makes sense to me that you're trying to reload and reload and reload. But as the player, it's hard to know if like is that is that what is intended to be done or am I just or am I just fucking up? And like that's a really hard thing to overcome in your head. And then adding on this extra layer of like, oh, it's okay to get fucked or to be fucked up. And it's like, yeah, I know, like, okay, this is just a different path that my character's taking, and I'm still going to get a rewarding, enriching experience, but it feels bad. Yeah. You know, it just feels bad. Yeah, exactly. So. It, it, like I said, to play on easy and hit your head against the wall on, on a certain encounter, you're just like, wow, what am I doing really wrong at this point? Like, I have, I have the game turned down to the easiest mode you can play. I'm on explorer mode. I'm just here for the story, and I'm... This one boss is just gonna. <laughs> that's what divinity beat my felt ass. like. That's what yeah. I was just like. How do you do this? Yeah. So I think I think like again, a PC player probably approaches this game in a different way, uh, especially if they play other games like this. But uh, but just in general, as opposed to me, who's you know used to you know my party should be able to d- defeat anybody, I, I would think, just as long as I make the right decisions once the encounter starts. You know, I'm not thinking, like, before the encounter starts, all yeah. the things I should be doing, but, um, yeah. So that's just something that I've had to adjust to. And Let me ask you this, Nick. I mean, it sounds like you're almost over. You're almost done. Mm-hmm. Do you regret playing this? <laughs> no. No? Mm-hmm. Okay. No. Um, another question. The, sto- the story moments alone are so good. Like, yeah. they're really, really good. I, like, I get emotional on some of them. Like, they're just that that good. Like, the payoffs for some of these characters are If you care about the side characters as much as you, you say you do, then, yeah, it's hard when these characters get put into these situations. It's mm-hmm. like how I feel with Across the Spider-Verse. Like, I, why, do, why do I care about Miles so much? It's stupid. <laughs> um, second question. So, I would love to play this game. You knowing what you know about me, should I even entertain that thought? I don't think so. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> probably what I needed to hear. Maybe, uh, well, in, in particular in John's the case is, is time. Right. And in a game where you're going to be reloading, like I have over 300 saves of, you know, quick saves of me, you know, because you have to quick save in this game all the yeah. time. Like you just have to because, again, er, Every dialogue, every encounter can go really bad really fast, and it just sucks to have to waste all that time. But, uh, yeah, you're going to be reloading this game and being like, well, I'm wasting so much time, you know. But I don't know, maybe you get something out of it. Well, that's the thing, because, like, you know, it's like some, yeah, every once in a while I get a good three or four hour stretch. Most of the time, I'm getting an hour to an hour and a half, mm-hmm. and it's just it seems like one of those games where it's spent. I spend the first 15 minutes getting remembering what I was doing, where I'm going. Right. <laughs> I spend the next 15 minutes probably doing an encounter, and then like, oh, it's time for bed. It's like, what did I really get accomplished? Nothing. And then mm-hmm. I start the next day. And it's like, so, yeah, I don't know. I still got Tears of the Kingdom to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. And also, like like Mass Effect is like in this end chapter is the gathering of allies so i'm like i have a quest that's just like who are your allies for the final fight in this game Mm -hmm. and it's like i'm creating a list of everyone i help up into this point and that is also something that happened in mass effect 3 was you 
the the outcome of the final battle was determined by how many people you got to join your side of the fight. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that's that. And like, I, I am bummed that I'm going to have to take a break. Cause I, I just want to play cyberpunk more than anything. Yeah. I'm very curious what your score of this game is going to be. I feel <laughs> I, it could be a three to a, well, probably a three or four, but we'll see. Let you determine that. Yeah. There's really nothing like it, especially on consoles. So it's like, it's, it's unique in that way. And I, I do think this will be game of the year. Yeah. Like I just, I just, it's doing so much right that it'll, it'll take down a Zelda game, which is you know very impressive. The most impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there, there was I saw some someone uh, posted about what game got robbed from uh, game of the year, and the Im- the image they posted with the question was Red Dead Redemption Two, mm-hmm. which famously lost to God of War Wrong. Uh, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> and it is wild to think about, like, yeah, that that God of War took down Red Dead Redemption Two, and what an incredible game that is. And and again, this is like you know, everyone's gonna have their own personal game of the year, and what does it really mean anyway? You know, like it's yeah, it's just it's just a weird thing to like even argue about. But you know, we're gamers; we argue about the small petty things like that. So yeah, we we like accolades, we like you know trophies and and things like that. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, so and also. You know, just saying my game is better than your game. My console is better than your console. That's, what, that's unfortunately what we do. Yeah. So cool. So that's where I'm at. And like I said, I'll have to put it down, unfortunately. But it's 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 been a wild ride. It's been a wild ride. It's a love-hate relationship. I think yesterday I was I was hating the game. And then at the same time, like two seconds later, Didn't being like, crying because oh, like, so oh, my God, great. I love you. Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's my take on it. And, cool. you know. Well, we have so probably going to be a while till we get a, a final review from you then, right? It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to see it through. So I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have Cyberpunk done in two weeks, though. So like. Yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, I have a. I bet you can a finish. bachelor weekend coming up, so I will. I'll probably have a I, lot of things. I done. bet you can get Baldur's Gate done between Cyberpunk and Spider Man. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I think I think by Spider Man, I should have Baldur's Gate and Cyberpunk done. So. Cool. But uh, yeah. Whew. Eating good, John. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to complain. You know, games are out, and you know, where are you at in Sea of Stars? <laughs> Almost. I, I'm further than you'd probably think. Um, <laughs> I got through a very. You know, if you've played the game, there's a very big moment. Uh, I got through that, and um, I don't know. I'd probably say I'm 80 percent done, mm-hmm. based on kind of what like I've it. seen. I've, I've seen. You know, I've kind of just. You know, whether it's you consider these spoilers or not, I don't. I just look up a walkthrough of a game and then like, okay, here's the main mission. And then I look at how many more missions are left. And like, to me, that's not enough of a spoiler. And like, yeah, there's not, I'm on like 42 of 50 or something like that. So, um, you know, a lot of narrative changes have just happened that give it a lot more texture, which I really, really like. Um, You know, some big emotional moments with characters, which is really cool. You wouldn't expect to, at least I wouldn't expect to get that in a 2D game really this is probably the first 2D game that's ever really done that to me. At least in the, like, so I'd have to probably think about it more. But, like, anytime I, you know, would try to play an old Final Fantasy game or, or turn-based RP, Chrono Trigger, things like that, it was always really hard for me to get into the characters based on just text and stuff. But they did such a fantastic job with Garl specifically and some other characters that it's hard not to care. And mm-hmm. just, like, some of those story beats are just well done. Just the, when you first encounter the Fleshmancer, that's not a spoiler because he's the main enemy in the game. You know, that was a really well done scene. There's just a lot of cool moments that kind of strike you as these these big, you know, like to, to compare it to like Final Fantasy 16, right? There's a, a moment when you kind of finally confront your mom and like, you know, it has that same level of kind of like gravitas towards it that 
you know, the 3D, the 3D games do, and I think that's uh, really, really hard to do, and I'm super excited to finish it. Okay. Do you think it has a chance of taking down FF16 as your current game of the year? No. <laughs> I know you haven't seen the end yet, but... I don't think so. Um, if I were to just kind of evaluate them on, like, my gut reaction feeling yeah 16 like 16 boss fights did something to me where i was just like this is the coolest sh this is the cool like the maximum sure. cool level of video games hey, right <laughs> um and sea of stars is is one of the prettiest games i've ever played you know uh, i think it it honestly deserves to be in the conversation with games even like horizon forbidden west and things it's just like the pixel art is unbelievable uh the character work is great I, just, I have a few problems with, you know, the combat could be a little bit better. Like, it's good. I really like it. But um, I think it'll it'll be in the conversation, but probably not. Okay. All right. Definitely, definitely indie game of the year so far. So. <laughs> other than that, do you have any other teases for next week? Um, no, I, I really hope to jump into Cyberpunk. Um, you know, I, I, mm -hmm. I, think, I think I can get through Sea of Stars pretty quickly um, if I can get some time to play. Um, no, I mean I'm just just excited to to have our next battle next week with our characters. I think that was that was a ton of fun. So hopefully, you know, look forward to to, to Bowser. Ver, what was it? Bowser versus Drake. Drake and Geralt versus Pikachu. <laughs> just, just a funny visual image. Um, but no, I'm I'm trying to be a good boy and not move on before I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I know you got to tackle well, you, your backlog. You might, it's actually, actually, it's a good segue. So you might see my already limited intake of gaming get decreased because with this kidney stone thing the doctor's main thing was no caffeine so with my kids and everything you know <laughs> nine o'clock rolls around and i'm bleh. so we'll see hopefully i can i can keep up a good clip but yeah okay yeah at okay. least get those ones done what about you uh yeah as i mentioned earlier in the show definitely it'll be phantom liberty big time like just jumping back in and Seeing, uh, seeing what they do in this new expansion, getting, seeing Idris Elba, wondering if I can fuck him or not, mm, you know, things you like that. Those are important, yeah. important things. How big is his dong? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so big. Um, shit, I forgot. Idris Elba's dong just, just <laughs> I got rid of whatever I was gonna say. I, I, I okay. Know, so keep going. I have, I have no idea what I was gonna say. No, that that'll be the focus for sure. So expect, you know, impressions, thoughts. Oh, I remember. Okay. I was going to say, so you can always count on Nick to, to at least cover the new hotness. At least, you know, yeah. me, I'm playing old games, but at least Nick will cover the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, Spider-Man 2, you'll, you'll be, yeah, I'll be you'll there. Be there. But, uh, yeah, I definitely plan on, well, yeah. Levi will be here. Yeah, it's hard to say no to any of these games, you know. Like uh, like I said, Alan Wake 2 looks great. You know, I'm, you know, with all this, like, a Dragon Infinite Well stuff, it's like, I want to probably play, like, a dragon, the man who raised his name. Like, those those yeah. games I'll probably play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so so it's you know, and I've been been enjoying playing a lot of digital games right now between Sea of Stars, Cyberpunk, uh, and Baldur's Gate, like which I own, all own digitally. That it's like, might, they might be a topic next week. But I might be I might be switching ships because you're calling me I'm not, a traitor earlier. <laughs> we're not selling. I'm not. I, well, I'm not. I don't have. I don't have that mass of uh, GameStop credit anymore, and it's mm -hmm. like I just. Yeah, you, you just know, buy I what you want now, and yeah. yeah, I get the Sea of Stars rewards or Sea of Stars PlayStation <laughs> Stars rewards, and just maybe I'll just ride that. I don't know. Yeah, so it is nice. So that's all I got. So cool. We'll see. Hopefully, there'll be more news, more reviews coming out. I have a feeling Spider-Man reviews are going to drop super early. It'll be at least a week. I mean, I know Ragnarok was a week ahead, and I, I would bet that. I don't know if you'd go much earlier than that, but mm -hmm. yeah, I would expect those mid-month. 
So, yeah, we might talk some reviews and, you know, it's always going to be an indie game that's going to pop out of nowhere, so... I hope they don't do a state of play for Spider-Man 2. I really hope they don't. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. The PlayStation blog has been hot and heavy with all the different uh, things in the game, and they had an old post about the symbiote and how that favors into combat, which we didn't see at all in their gameplay overview from the state of play. So I think I think we're done. It's it's going to be reviews, and then the game will be out. Will be our kind of talking points on that. So can't wait. All right, and speaking of Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. They released more tracks from that expansion. See a star is Final Fantasy 16. Get it together. I, get your tracks out there so I, we can feature them. Yeah. And so this one is, again, from the composer of Cyberpunk, P.T. Adamchik. And it is called Force Projection. It is the, the high, currently the highest, uh, most amount of plays on the current uh, list. And it is it is a banger. So the feature track. Enjoy the song. No, it's not the feature one. They got a vocal one that they have not released. Speaking oh. of bad, they got a, they got a one called Phantom Liberty that they have not released yet. Is so. it probably all spyy and James Bondy? And yeah, it sounds yeah. like yeah, it sounds like it's a it's up there with Snake Eater and uh, Death Loop as far as uh, good good. So intro. do they say the words Phantom Liberty in probably, the song? Probably. It's not out. That's why you know, I don't know. They teased, no, I know. they teased it in the Night City Wire, but it has not been out yet. So uh, so stay tuned. That might come. Come out. I feel like Snake Eater. They say Snake Eater and Snake Eater. They say Death Loop in the Death Loop song. So you got it. Yeah, yeah you got it. it. If you make espionage, you have to. Yep. <laughs> All right. So enjoy the song. We will be back next week with another episode of PlayStation Pals. Thanks for listening. See you guys. Bye.